This is Synthetic A Priori, Episode 4. Last week, I mentioned wanting to talk about Kaufman's uh, work constraint cycles. And today, I'd like to tie that together with uh, some general notions of how we can use the perspective of space and the perspective of time when we're doing problem solving and when we're thinking about about design. And this starts with a very concrete example. Actually, uh, when I when I was learning how to do design and, and looking for um, models, I was really a big fan of 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 Edward Tufte's work. Uh, he has a book called The Visual Display of Quantitative Information. When I was reading Tufte's work and, and really looking carefully at, at, his, at his books, especially this first one, uh, he had an interesting distinction. He, he talked about um, putting things in a, in a chart or in a design or in some kind of a data display, adjacent in space versus adjacent in time. And uh, I just thought this was so cool because, uh, you know, I mean, if you if you start talking about space and time, it sounds like something, you know, cosmic or like you should be invoking Einstein or something like that. And uh, here, these big uh, sort of powerful words were being used in a kind of ordinary context, but they also somehow were very sweeping in their scope. So uh, when he said um, adjacent in space, the, it was just about if you put things side by side on the same surface. So let's say you're designing a book or, or let's say a slideshow. Let's say you're designing a slideshow. If you, if you put two graphs side by side on the same slide, then they're, they're adjacent in space and your eye can move back and forth between them to repeatedly draw comparisons. Uh, if, you, if you put one graph after the other on a separate slide, then, then this is adjacent in time. And uh, it's, it's in some ways more difficult to make comparisons because you, you have to kind of flip back and then only look at one thing at a time. Uh, and then there's other circumstances where this is kind of the better move, but uh, it, it was somehow... Uh, really interesting and inspiring to to just think of these two things as very different stances or perspectives. Thinking like, okay, if I have a given problem, what's the sort of space-like way of looking at it and what's the time-like way? And this actually comes up again and again, I think, when it we go deeper into thinking about how to design or thinking about how to model something because there's always an aspect of the problem that has to do with some structure that's all available at once. And then there's an aspect of the problem that has to do with the dynamics of how things unfold or change. And these correspond to this uh, space-like view and this time-like view. And I want to 
try to draw a relationship between this space view and time view and uh, the way that we kind of define problems to be solved and the way that we judge kind of where we are in a problem and what kind of boundaries that we can put into place that kind of um, create this, and we talked a couple weeks ago about this, this, this sort of charged, this sort of charged space or this kind of, um, this kind of creative potential that comes from putting up constraints, right? And there's a difference between looking at the constraints that are in place in a space-like view versus the constraints that are in place over time. Stuart Kaufman has this bit uh, that's, I think, maybe come up a few times that I've seen in um, some talks that he's given. And also, I, I'm not remembering exactly which, which book it's in. It may be the most recent one, um, which is about going beyond a physics worldview. He makes reference to a wonderfully distilled definition of what work is. And he says it's a, it's a thermodynamic definition of work. And it is as follows. Work is the constrained release of energy. And I'm not sure if, if this is his or if he's quoting someone. He might be making reference to what someone else said. Anyway, this is a wonderfully distilled image. And from this, actually, we can get to uh, a, a really good... Um, mental image or metaphor for for this notion of a of a of a constraining boundary, which in in kind of like ordinary terms uh, we just call uh, a wall. We can have a wall in in sort of a system, which is like a kind of a space like boundary, or we can have a wall in in time, and. Uh, this this way of thinking about work he he illustrates it with the example of a of a cannon so if you uh, if you have a uh, if you have a, a cannonball or like like some explosive powder and you just you just you just explode it in 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 an unconstrained environment if you just have the 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 powder sitting there you know on open open ground and then you and then you you light it and 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 fire it then then this ball sitting on top of this powder could go flying in who knows what direction right so this would be like the unconstrained release of energy and then we wouldn't call this work because you are not kind of aiming this energy toward something right so uh if you want to sort of direct this energy then what do you do um you uh, create uh, some thing we call a cannon, which is some walls around this powder and this cannonball, right? And uh, and then when the when the cannonball is inside of the, the 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 cannon walls, and then you repeat the experiment, then then you light the powder, the the thing explodes, and and the the walls of the cannon constrain the energy of the explosion in such a way 
that they direct the cannonball in a predetermined direction, right? So this is this is a really wonderful uh, boiled down image, uh, and if we think about it like this, we can see that like there's a there's a kind of cycle here, uh, which which in in the in the book that I'm thinking of he calls it the work constraint cycle, and why a cycle? Because this doesn't just happen at one level. There's actually a kind of nesting of this relationship of some energy um, or uh, and and some constraining boundary around it. And so, if we take the example of the cannon, then the cannon walls are constraining the 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 energy of the explosion and directing the cannonball. Which is this is the here you have constraints which are allowing work to happen. But then you ask, well, how did the cannon get there? <laughs> you know, and so there had to be uh, some some further process or some some containing process or some some prior process that actually uh, constrained some energy in order to produce the 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 cannon itself, and on and on. Right? We can see the pattern here that it takes work to create constraints. But then the constraints themselves are what allow us to do work, and so these are related to each other in a in a in a never-ending kind of nested cycle. When it comes to trying to solve design problems or trying to kind of model decision making, which I think are the same thing actually. We're always, I think, working with these fundamental things of what are the constraints that are just kind of there around me that are uh, kind of um, putting me into a situation where I'm doing some work, right? I mean, if we were just um, if we were just all floating in space, then there would be nothing to do. Uh, but but actually, we are all kind of in some context in motion and um, running out of energy or needing to get more or about to bump into something or hoping to avoid something. There's a kind of, uh, you know, ongoing game of trying to situate oneself because of changing forces in the environment. So to one extent, there are kind of constraining walls around us all the time, and they're all actually moving. <laughs> and they are uh, kind of pushing us toward uh, trying to make some kind of a change or do some kind of work, right? And then uh, given where we're trying to go, then we are um, we have some idea of what we would like to happen. And then in order to make that happen, then we have to figure out how to direct some energy in a very kind of intentional way within this, this, this whole containing context and, and make something happen. In the context of product design, there's, there's a process of creating these constraints and then doing work but uh, we have to sort of figure out where we are and if there's some project that we want to create uh, there's the question of sort of how do we how do we go from just this kind of raw idea that we have floating in our mind to a real built project and there's all kinds of steps and phases of the work that that happen that unfold on the way from a to b 
And what, what we observe and what I've tried to point out and shape up is that there's like, there's very different phases here that have to do with um, when, when do I actually have clear constraints in space and, and what, what constraints do I create in time? So, so let's, let's dig into that. So if, if I know what I'm trying to build, if I've, if I've figured out, uh, the, all the moving parts of the system, then this corresponds to a constraint in space. This is where, um, we could say that, um, if I, if I want, if I was about to walk up to a whiteboard and I needed to kind of just enumerate all the moving parts. Okay. Here's, there's, there's, there's this part number one, part number two, part number three, and part number four. And then with these four moving parts, the, the feature is going to do what it needs to do. And these four things are necessary and sufficient for the feature to work. We have a viable concept, right? In such a case, we can say that we've sort of um, figured out where to stop in terms of the idea. And this is a boundary in space. We could say it's, it's a, it's a kind of wall and, uh, this wall is actually what allows us to say, to put a time limit on the work, because if we know where it stops in terms of how the system stretches out in space in front of us as one structure, that's all there at one time, then we can say, okay, these are all the things that need to be there. These are all the things I have to do. And now I can say, uh, given my ex past experience, given my knowledge of the interrelationships, I believe that this amount of, we can dedicate this amount of time now. Now, if we don't yet have all of the, if we haven't sort of solved what are all the moving parts in terms of the system statically, like what all needs to be there. And there's some kind of a missing, missing piece that we haven't figured out yet. We, we could, I mean, we could arbitrarily set some kind of a deadline. We could try to put a time wall around it and say, this is how long we're going to spend on this. But if we haven't had the Eureka yet, you cannot like, you can't just forecast when you're going to have a Eureka moment, right? Uh, especially if we're, if we're really trying to solve some, some, some design problem and we have just like no clue how to get that missing piece in, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, about the new version of Basecamp that we're just starting to work on Basecamp four lately. And there are, there's there's pieces of it where like so for example I've I've got an idea now for redesigning the home screen and I can see how some different ideas about access some different ideas about how to model a project some layout ideas 
There's a whole bunch of different things that had to, had to all click together. And now, and now I just got to a point literally yesterday where I drew a sketch and I said, ah, like I could, I think I can actually spell this thing out top to bottom and say like, this is a thing we could do. We could actually pursue this and try and build this new home screen concept and see if we like it or not. Cause I can see all the moving parts. But before that, for, for, for at least the last, I don't know, probably 12 weeks or more, I've had some kind of an, an idea for how I wanted the home screen to be different. But, and I had some idea of like what was wrong with the home screen that I was seeing things that were stale. I was looking at it and seeing projects that weren't relevant to me. And there was a mix of like, some of these things aren't relevant because they're old. Some of these things aren't relevant because um, they're actually fresh, they're timely, but I'm not really involved in them, but I have access to them. So there were a lot of kind of different issues that were all like muddled together in my mind. And, and I couldn't, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make it better. And I'd look at the home screen and I'd be like, ugh, like, I, I don't know how to fix this, right? And then uh, I started to work on a concept to improve the way that we think about access to a project that isn't just binary. It's not just on and off, but it's more about how are you involved? Um, are you, is there an expectation that you are contributing to this thing? Or are you just kind of given access so that you're included uh, in the spirit of transparency or out of more of a social feeling? Um, this is this is one piece of the puzzle. And then there was another piece of the puzzle that had to do with the fact that there are things in Basecamp which are called projects, but um, actually aren't projects. What is a project? A project is like something that actually kind of has an end, that has a deliverable. There's people who are responsible who do some work and then it's over, right? That's really kind of what a project is. But we had all these projects in Basecamp which were kind of like, more like topics, like there would be an area of, of interest, like mm, where do we go to deal with uh, questions about the privacy policy, you know? And then we'd create a project for that, which was a kind of group space where information about this subject would be available. You'd know where to go if you wanted to ask a question of other people who were also interested in this topic or have experience with this topic. And this isn't really a project, right? And, and so I started to play with the distinction between maybe these things aren't all projects, but there's a way to sort of uh, un, 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 unbundle these or untangle these from each other. And if we had a more kind of a explicit, discrete notion of a project as a thing with a start date and an end date, now all of a sudden we have a, a, a more reliable model for timeliness. You know, is this project kind of in the future, is it over, is it happening now? And we also have, perhaps, this is all very early, um, but perhaps we have a model for involvement. Does it have to do with me? Am I actually working on this project or do I just have the ability to see it? And then maybe if we put these things together now, now I have knowledge of what's actually going on presently versus what's in the past. I have knowledge of what's actually has to do with me versus which what doesn't. Now all of a sudden I can think, oh, if I knew those things, I could actually take advantage of that and make a home screen that is much more relevant, you know, to the person. And then and now it's it's possible to sketch that. And I've got some ideas for that. 
all of this was a kind of little uh, tangent to give an example of what it feels like to all of a sudden kind of have uh, a boundary in space. So before there was a problem, but there was no sense of like, what are the new pieces of modeling? What are the new UI elements? What are the, what are the new, what are the things, what are the ingredients that, that go into this thing? And then where I can say, these few things are enough. And if I have these things, I have what I need to make this thing work. That's what it feels like to have a wall in space, to have a system boundary. I really wanted to come to an idea about the home screen. It's been bothering me for a long time. No deadline was going to help me get there. It, 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 um, this is what we 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 call R and we distinguish between R and D and production work because it just has this different quality to it where you need to have the eureka in the bathtub or whatever you know to 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 suddenly see ah these things click together and now I have a concept in Taguchi's work uh, I, I learned about about uh, Genichi Taguchi because he was a mentor of my friend and mentor Bob Mesta. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to begin to learn to understand Taguchi's work. There's a lot of amazing uh, depth there, and I'm just starting. But he has this, dis- this distinction between system design and parameter design. And the, the, the system design is actually the walls. This is where I can say um, I know what the ingredients are, and I know kind of where the world where the, 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 the outer world, the, the, the open-ended context that this thing belongs in kind of stops and where the controlled inner world of this thing that I'm making, you know, starts. It's like there's this little, um, I can draw this dotted line in the universe between the part of the problem that is my problem <laughs> that I can control where these are all the ingredients, and if I can make them work together, then this thing is 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 a is a functioning system, and all the outer factors that are outside of my control, which are like which he calls noise factors, right? And uh, this, by the way, corresponds to what Christopher Alexander was writing about in in his first in his I think it was actually his PhD thesis, this um, uh, notes on the synthesis of form. He talks about the distinction between form and context. And he talks about the form context boundary and how this is something that as a designer, we actually have to consciously determine. Uh, so this is actually the same thing. And um, what Taguchi talks about mostly in, 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 in the books, at least, and I, I, I think I'm learning a little bit, you know, uh, through Bob about, because there's always what makes it into a book and then there's actually what gets passed down human to human and there's a vast difference between those two you know what can what can be passed down in a book is 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 is, is much more narrow um but what you see what you see in in Taguchi's books is mainly parameter design and and why um well maybe I should say what is parameter design also like so the system design is like, um, if I have these few ingredients together, um, 
then then I I I I can make this work somehow. So this is like in the homepage example, this is like I've got this new access model, I've got this new idea about start and end dates for projects, and if I put these together, I can now produce this new view that shows you things that are timely and personal. Uh that's the those are the outer walls. But then inside of those walls, there's all kinds of latitude for different combinations of the ingredients. You know, like, um, let's say I have a start and end date on projects. Well, what time span should I show on some view that was, if, if, if I were to try and depict projects on some kind of a timeline of this is when this project starts and this is when that project ends and on some kind of a, on some kind of a, of a, of a ruler, should I show, should, how long should the ruler be? Should it show six months? By default, should it show six weeks by default? That's an example of parameter design. It's not changing the fundamental concept of what this thing is. It doesn't depend on, on, on a eureka to fill in a missing piece. It's a question of tuning of what are the right values. Taguchi talks a lot about cost and how... If we want to make something better, one way to try and make it better, uh, and, and of course defining better is a whole other amazing, interesting subject from his work. What is quality and how he defines quality in terms of loss. There's all kinds of awesome stuff there. But um, the fundamental thing is, if I want to make something better, one way to make it better is to, is to actually go buy better ingredients or better parts or, or more expensive pieces. Uh, and, and another way to make it better is to take all the things that I already have and just try and find a better combination or better parameter values. I was trying to think this morning about how, how to talk about this. And I was making, uh, I was making an omelet. And uh, if, you if you take an omelet as a system, there are a bunch of ingredients that are kind of already solved. There's, there's a pan, there's heat from the burner, there's egg, there's salt, there's a, a means for, um, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, wh whisking or whipping the egg, beating the egg, that's it. There's a process of beating the egg so it has the right consistency to pour into the pan. And then there's a, there's a, there's a greasing element. So here, notice how we're, we can start talking about the functional roles that different things play. It's not just the ingredients, but there's a, there's a way to beat it. There's a way to heat it. There's a way to, there's a way to, um, Salting it actually isn't just a taste factor. It actually changes the structure of the of the proteins and affects the consistency. And there's a difference between salting in the beginning and the end. There's all these different factors, right? And uh, one way to maybe improve the omelet could be to to buy really fancy cheddar, like super expensive, you know, like specialized aged cheddar. Um, uh, and this would be a way of perhaps increasing quality, but while increasing cost at the same time versus um, there's probably a lot of things that could be improved with the existing ingredients by saying, um, if I look at it as a, as a functional process of, of creating, of making the omelet, when do I, when do I add the cheese and, and how do I, is it shredded or is it cut into little blocks or is it, is it, uh, is it laid on top as um, thin sheets 
right? And and these different ways of of integrating the cheese into the omelet are are gonna. It sounds funny to talk so seriously about it, but it's it's. I think it's. I think we can work with it as an example because it they produce different outcomes. Uh, if I if I if I finish the omelet, but then I forgot to put the toast in at the right time, and then the omelet is sitting there and it gets too cold while you wait for the toast. And now you you sit down and you have toast and omelet side by side, but the omelet is cold. You have a quality problem, right? It's a quality problem, and changing the timing of putting the toast in earlier when the eggs first start to cook uh, doesn't increase the cost of the overall system, uh, but it um, it improves the quality versus buying the more expensive cheese as a way to improve the quality, but but without but while raising the cost, right? So this is all a kind of um, I this is this this all kind of comes back to uh, being able to look at the what is the what are the core ingredients of the system and do I have those figured out? But then what are the different what's the so-called parameter design of the way that I could change how I uh, mix those ingredients together? So what's funny about all this coming back to the point is that. In all of Taguchi's books, he talks a lot about parameter design. He talks very little about system design. And system design is 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 treated as this kind of miracle. It's a little bit like, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that this was his view. I think that it may have just been difficult enough to to articulate or formalize or pass on or I don't know what, but like it didn't make it into the books, right? And it's this thing of like. It basically, uh, every reference I can find to system design, or sometimes it's called concept design, but let's stick with system design versus parameter design. Every reference to that is something like, you know, it requires deep uh, expertise. It, it, I don't think he says more than that. So there's some some expert somewhere who who comes up with a system design, and and I don't know I don't know if that really tells us much. Um, but I think the key point is that there's this eureka in the bathtub factor. What does this mean? All of this is is in the space point of view. What is the structure that we can lay out in front of us as one snapshot to say, here are here's the system? What does this mean in terms of the time point of view? It means that if I have a system design, I can put a time box around it. And by putting the time box around it, I'm going to create a constraint that says, look, we believe that we have the ingredients we need. Go make the best omelet you can, you know, in the amount of trial and error that we're going to allow. In shape up, we call this the appetite, right? We're willing to, given, given the concept we've come up with, we're going to allow this much time to tinker with all the different possibilities for the internal structure of this thing and come up with the best version we can come up with. So this is like in the home screen example, let's say um, let's say I get to some kind of a sketch that really looks worthwhile and looks viable. We can say, okay, let's, let's allocate six weeks and we're gonna try and build this thing out and we're gonna do the best that we can and take the risk of, of either coming up with something we like at the end of that six weeks or discovering that we didn't manage. Right, but we can put that time box on it, and what that time box is going to do is it's going to constrain 
the amount of time that we spend um, searching for different combinations of the parameters. And it's also going to um, limit the amount of detailing that we can do. You know, detailing can spiral out of control with design projects. And there's an amount of detail that's, that's necessary. There's certain things that you have to dial in for the system to work, but there's a lot of detailing or edge cases or, or enhancements or little improvements. There's a million things you can come up with to do in the course of a project that don't fundamentally change the, 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 the core behavior, you know? And so this time box helps us. So here, what we're saying is we're, we're saying I can use a time wall to, again, constrain the release of energy. I can say this energy, you know, these people's time or our own time or whatever it is, is going toward taking these solved ingredients and finding the right combination of parameters and getting to something that, that works, that is satisfying given the amount of time we're interested in spending. So that's a time wall. We can do that when we have a system design, we have the ingredients, but when we don't have the ingredients, we actually, it doesn't work to, to, to create the same time wall with the same expectations. We can of course create a time wall and say, I don't know how to solve the home screen. I don't, let's say, you know, going back a few weeks before I had an idea about it, I don't know what to do. And if, if I really had some other work that I needed to begin next, I would have to kind of drop the home screen exploration and then switch gears and do this other thing. So that's a case where I could have a time wall for myself and say, I'm going to allow myself the next four weeks to continue to explore this home screen thing. But if I don't have the Eureka in the shower, I'm just going to have to let it go and, and, and go work on something else. It's a very different expectation than I know the moving parts and I'm going to allow X number of weeks to find to to produce some combination of these moving parts and i know that i can get something out at the end so this corresponds to something i've been tweeting about a little bit lately which is these very different types of cycles and these very different sort of ways of allocating time which we could call the r d mode and and, and production mode and this also corresponds to actually just the difference between shaping and execution shaping is another word for system design. If we have the shape, what we have are the ingredients in the outer wall from a space point of view. To get to a shape, we can, we can of course allocate time, but we have to have a different kind of expectation of, of, of what might come out of that time. But once we have a shape, this allows us to use the time wall to create a constraint in time in a way that's that's very productive and has clear expectations um, and this is what we what we talk about when we talk about cycles and shape up or we talk about placing bets when we talk about appetites this is all about it's actually parameter design i think there's a lot more we could say about this in terms of what are the challenges that come up in these different situations and 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 how can we use these different sort of flip between these different perspectives to to understand how to be successful in the design process one 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 maybe future path for this subject is 
is the fact that there's actually kind of different types of of uh, opacity that relate here. There's a there's a kind of there's a kind of opacity or or you know um, lack of knowing or inability to see uh, where we 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 have an idea for something but we can't quite see the edges of where to stop what are all the ingredients that i need this is like working on the home screen this is where i don't have the the thing that i haven't figured out yet is the outer wall so that's one kind of of lack of understanding or or lack of knowledge or something like that and i may believe that it's possible to close the system this also maps to something I've tried to talk about, which is a closed unknown versus an open unknown, right? If I have an open unknown, I don't have a wall. I don't know where it stops. And I'm, I'm going to use different techniques and different heuristics and different, um, yeah, tools and toys and tricks and whatever um, to try and, and figure out how to close that wall. And that's a different type of opacity than I've, I, I know the ingredients. I have a closed unknown in the sense of this is these are the these are the moving parts. But then there's there can be a kind of um, internal opacity, which is that I can't see all the ways that these parts interact. I can't see all the ways that these parts could combine. Just thinking about the home screen example for Basecamp, there's so many different weird little decisions to make about about like i mentioned you know what's the correct time span to show or what's the right type of toggles for filtering different types of views and and then even even if i was clear on the time span and and which filters to offer where do they even get positioned and how should they be styled i mean the, there's a lot of factors there and this is like um yeah, this is the this is like the a kind of internal opacity where I, I can't see all the interrelationships, and uh, this is actually what um, Taguchi's orthogonal array is about. This is what his uh, th this whole thing about um, the design of experiments and um, how do you actually sort of sweep this parameter space in the most efficient way to find um, the best combinations in the shortest period of time. And here we're in a completely different problem space in a different context using different tools. And this is where, um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the shape of techniques that happen kind of in cycle. And so we really see a sort of a different world of the out of cycle world of, of figuring out what are the boundaries of the system and the in cycle world of how do I best manage the the interdependencies within the, the the elements of the system and how can i use time constraints to to help me do that we touched on a few things i'm not quite sure how tight we tied all the strings together but we touched on time and space as just different perspectives on a system looking at do I have all the things that need to be there at once versus can I have an unknown but kind of put a put a bound on the unknown in, in time because I'm confident that there's some combination of the elements that's going to be satisfactory 
And I just want to prevent myself or others from spiraling out on too many unnecessary details or exploring too many combinations and, and, and sort of stopping at the right point. And then I think having, having this, this, this visual from Kaufman of the, of the, the work constraint cycle, it, it, it makes the wall a very concrete thing. It's almost a steel wall of the cannon, right? And how am I directing my energy? And do I have the right walls at a given time? These are all pretty juicy questions. And they're things that are kind of lurking behind the scenes in shape up. And in a lot of the, a lot of the conversations that, 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 that we as a kind of a community have been having lately, you know, um, or in the Twitter scene and around the podcast and, and things like that. It's fun to try and get to these primitives. You know, it's, it's, uh, and for me, this is the fun at least, you know, to, to, on the one hand, you can have something like shape up that is, I don't know what, 13, 14 chapters of different concepts strung together to, 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 to outline some kind of a method but then to really boil it down and say, well, you've got, you know, walls in space and walls in time. And how much, how much of this bigger system can I kind of juice out of this smaller system? This is for the axiomatically minded. This is a, this is a joy to play this game. So we'll continue to do that probably in future episodes. And, and that'll do it for today. You can find me on Twitter at RJS. My website is feltpresence.com. Check the show notes for references to the people and works that were mentioned in the show. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.